It's nearly dark in Studio 5. In the corner, there's a man cutting letters out of newspapers and sticking them onto pieces of paper entitled Script, but having great difficulty as he's glued several of his fingers together and there are random items from the desktop stuck to his hair. The lights flicker on as the rest of the radio crew arrive in plenty of time, as always, the fact that several of them are out of breath is, we assure you, merely a coincidence. The man with the glue pot gestures to the others to carefully pick up a copy of the still wet script, hits a button with his face, which makes both a light and his nose turn red. One of, one of the crew walks forward to an old-fashioned gramophone, winds the handle and lowers the needle so that we can all hear... Our mics are live. Good evening, good evening, everyone. Late even by Hutton standards this week, I'm afraid, due to me sitting in the dark, literally because I had no power. So if there's any noise in the background, it's because I'm pedalling very fast with this generator. So on with what it says here is another fun-packed show. Uh, I'm your host, Harry Balzac, and I'll have to take their word for the amount of fun we're going to have. What is definitely fun... Is introducing the rest of tonight's team. On my right hand, I have Wilma Fingerdo. Uh, I've warned you about that. Oh, sorry. On my left, but uh, at a sensible distance, is the apology officer. Good evening, Mia. Hello, Harry. Hey, how come you get to do an apology? That's my job. It's in the actual name of my job. Sorry, damn. damn. I I'm making no apology for our next member... It's the master of mustachioed mirth. It's one care. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, Harry. Allow me to introduce our final but most vital crew member, the force of nature, that is, Norma Snockers. Hello, everyone. And to the commander, and you know who you are, who wrote to me asking me to send certain items in the post, eh... It's going to get cold soon, and I'll need them when the wind starts whistling through the orbital. And B, that's not nearly enough money. <laughs> On that note, I think it's time for some headlines. It took a long time, but not quite 127 hours. The Pilots' Federation tried to keep all the salt in the cellar. Changing looms, make sure you're smiley. Thieves come a cropper when they meet a pink copper. He who hesitates is lost in Wolf 124. Things may be blue, but there's lots to do. It's a big galaxy and a big list of community events.
Commander Spartan is a lucky pilot. He's lucky that he was on Col 359 Sector Charlie Zulu Whiskey 83 4 and not in Utah, or his tale might have had a very different ending. While innocently out for a drive, as you do, looking for a place to park, to get out his thermos of hot any na coffee and eat his Kairi Dani marine paste sandwiches while watching the galaxy go by, the bottom dropped out of his world. A sinkhole, probably caused by something that Amelia swears doesn't exist, too much mining, meant that Commander Spartan very quickly found out what it was to be a young girl called Alice, plummeting down, 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 deeper and down, wondering where the rabbit had gone, wishing he hadn't taken the red pill, and feeling grateful that this was only a half-G planet. Approximately 370 metres later, opt abruptly. It'd be fair to say that at this juncture, his SRV was stuck, wedged, stuck in there tighter than a container ship in a canal, harder to shift than an anaconda in the toast rack, deeper than an Alabama tick and more difficult to remove than an embarrassing stain just before a first date. Even those helpful people, the part of the whole seals known as the Gigfishers, who describe themselves as a group of elite dangerous players who will come to the aid of fellow commanders in need of any sort of rescue, would have to knot together an awful lot of bedsheets to pull out his SRV from such a predicament. Never give up, never surrender is obviously not Commander Spartan's motto unless he stole it from Captain Jason Nethsmith, but he appears to have borrowed it. The self-destruct never crossed his mind. Okay, we think he did cross his mind, but apparently that's not a long journey, so it was soon dismissed. So he exited his SRV, metaphorically rolled up his sleeves, and prepared to get a crick in his neck as he started upwards to where freedom lay. What followed might well be described as uphill parkour, and Spartan jumped from ledge to ledge, boosting where he could and rested on ledges to recharge. Hour after hour he climbed upwards. Okay, it probably wasn't that long, but minute after minute really doesn't sound like much of an effort, so we thought we'd big him up a little. The ridge getting oh so slowly closer, slipping back as his boost failed him. This was a task of which Sisyphus would have been jealous. But eventually he reached level ground, which he would have kissed, except that A, that is so unhygienic, and B, he was wearing a space helmet, so all he managed to do was to get slobber on the glass, making it difficult to see where he was going. Commander Spartan then made his way back to his ship, luckily no more than one and a half kilometres away, using the trail left by his SRV's tyres and his compass. This brave adventurer made it back, minus one SRV and a couple of energy cells, but he still had both his arms and he gained an odour in his flight suit that no amount of washing seems to be able to remove. The Pilots' Federation salt mine, which they sometimes refer to as the Forums, was taken down this morning ostensibly for an upgrade. But insiders have told us that Commander Sally, the official bearer of the oil to pour on troubled waters, had asked for a morning off. 
and the AI that runs the forums decided that it was going to throw a hissy fit. A full Mr. Dusty is how some people have described what follows, as the forum software, knowing it was going to be bereft of Sally's help, humour and hand-holding, decided that it was going to have a duvet day and keep out of sight until that nice lady was back. You know, the one who's polite even to nasty people, as it was going to have a much better time when that happened, and quite frankly, so would everyone else. We are delighted to say that Sally Sunshine is back at her post, iron fist firmly enclosed in a pink velvet glove, and the nation's chips are prevented from being doused solely in vinegar. But we dread the coming of the time that the prophets have dubbed my summer vacation. It seems that the Pilots Federation is expanding further into the interior design business. Up until now, they've been content to let you customise your ship with some fairly simple stock items. For example, for the outside of your ship, not only can you get paint that comes in 50 shades of garish, but you can also buy some odd shaped pieces of MDF to stick on the outside of your hull, covered in sticky back plastic and glitter that would, wouldn't survive the first trip through hyperspace, let alone an encounter with an upset Thargoid Scout. For the interior, you can add a set of lights to your cockpit that wouldn't look out of place at the tackiest of Christmas tech celebrations, but do not come with a spare bulb. Or you can add various wobbly things on springs that appear to have been drawn by a child and that distract you just as you're lining up for that tricky shot. And of course, you can add letters in two different types of ostentatious, but with limited slots to put them in so that, depending on what ship you're flying, you can spell two-thirds of whatever word it was you were going for or miss out all the vowels and half the consonants, like you're a 15-year-old texting on a phone from the early 21st century. We've been lucky that the worst excesses of the vidcast changing cockpits have not been exacted upon pilots, so precious breakable collections are safe. Cockpit walls have not been covered completely in Thargoid skin. Entire cockpits, including the view screen, have not been painted entirely black or entirely white, despite the input of a Commander Hot Black de Seattle for this to become a standard offering. However, apparently there's to be a revival of the show sponsored by the Pilots Federation and Cecil has been given the job of pre presenting it. He's been summoned to headquarters wearing his familiar shirt and most colourful outfit, though we do believe that this is a coincidence since it was picked out by Vantillon. He says he's ready for this as he's had the neighbours in, but that may just be an idle boast. Cecil tells us that the new innovation this year is to be lighting. Yes, we thought the same. Focus groups have been set up apparently to decide how much lighting do we want, where do we want it, how bright should it be, what colour should it be and how often are we prepared to change the bulb if we don't like it. The new season of changing cockpits will be with us soon. 
So if you don't want to risk running out of the airlock, screaming after you've seen what Cecil has done to your ship and your drinks cabinet, make sure you tell the Pilots Federation that it's either white, 60 watt plane shade please, or one that projects the stars onto your bedroom ceiling to help you sleep as you're tucked in at night. The galaxy can be a dangerous place, so they tell us. Not only are there solar flares, high-G landings, neutron stars, asteroids, canyons, thargoids, and all manner of natural disasters waiting to happen to you, but there are problems that come from members of your own species. We all know what it's like to meet a pirate. So out of its head on onion head, that they think your bio-waste is tasty cargo. Or so nervous that they demand 40 tons of something, then blast you before you get a chance to open your cargo hatch or tighten your sphincter. We've met pirates that'll chase you across half the galaxy for one ton of fuel. Or some that appear to be badly disguised ship salesmen waiting, sorry, wearing designer eye patches and a false false leg that doubles as a hip flask determined to meet their quota by blowing you to bits and forcing you to buy the latest model. All of these problems have one thing in common. They're obvious. You could say that they're all in your face. You know that they're there. You can't decide. You can decide on a strategy and you can deal with them. (laughs) Recently, however, there has been a different class of criminals seen around the galaxy, or rather not seen because they are sneak thieves or even pickpockets. If you, out of the goodness of your heart, accepted several support missions from a station, then put yourself at risk flying around the, uh, as we've previously mentioned, dangerous galaxy, then limp back to the mission giver, eager to see their happy, smiling face as you supply them with the items they need to survive or eke out what subsistence living they can, well, you'd expect everything to go well, wouldn't you? Not at all, my friends, not at all. That is not what happened. Whilst your attention was focused on making sure you didn't drop any of your precious commodity as you pressed it into the trembling hand of the needy recipient for the first mission, you were robbed. Robbed blind, as it were, because, you know, it happened behind your back. All of the other goods that you'd struggle to gather for the other missions just disappeared vanished without a trace, leaving you to waste hours checking your pockets, the back of your chair, and even the bathroom, in case you'd put the stuff down there on the way to hand them over as you'd had that extra spicy curry and were desperate for a toilet that had at least a semblance of gravity. It seemed that a receiver of stolen goods had sent teams of hapless young commanderlings out on sprees to cut the purses of mostly honest folk and bring the contents back to an asteroid base where he referred to the members of his gang as my dear. This state of affairs could not be allowed to continue. How's an honest pilot to earn a crust if the goods were literally stolen from under his or her nose, or rather bottom, since the thief was behind them? Anyway, I digress. This crime wave came to the attention of none other than Inspector Morgan Moore of the Yard, or in her case, Two Foot Six. With her trademark, hello, 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 what's going on here? 
and evening all. She quickly assessed the situation and blowing her whistle summoned the members of the CID, that's a coding improvement department, where they hunted down the source of the losses and on Friday quietly incarcerated the miscreant. And we are assured that this should never happen again. <laughs> Famous last words. So our grateful thanks go out to Commander Sally and all the team. Now, none of the radio crew is what you might call a spring chicken. In fact, we've got more than our share of old boilers. Ow! Uh, so trust us when we say that this comes from a place of love. And more importantly, 5,000 miles away, when we say that Commander Venezia may be getting a little forgetful. The Commander recently hitched the lift with Hankey's expedition aboard the fleet carrier Emperor's Fury and happily stayed on board as it began its return journey. Now, it's at this point that things get confusing, or may have done for Commander Venezia. Because when Emperor's Fury stopped at Wolf 124, we happily got off and flew away. The carrier remained on station for a week, then returned to Colonia, but minus one commander, who only discovered the missing carrier when he returned to collect his ships. Now, we don't know... What we don't know is... Did Commander Venezia fall asleep on the character, wake up in the carrier, wake up with a start and jump off without checking where he was? Like someone on a train that wakes up at the end of the line, usually because of a bit of pre-trip carousing? If so, was he too embarrassed to admit it, but took too long to recover his nerve, thus missing his ride? Maybe that's a foul slur and that he was meant to get off at Wolf 124, but he fell asleep later and forgot where the carrier was parked and so missed the departure, due to post-trip carousing. The alternative is that he's just getting forgetful and that his days are all alike now, just a blur from when the nurse brings him his morning pill and changes his flight suit's plumbing module until nighttime and the blissful sleep. Anyway, let's all wish Commander Venetia a happy birthday for yesterday, but we don't want to wake him as nurse wife just got him settled, so we won't sing happy birthday, we'll just eat his cake for him. It was another quiet week in the sleepy galactic backwater that has become Hutton space in recent weeks. All systems are blue across the board, no wars, no elections and no otherwise adverse states. However, despite the grass being always greener in Hutton space, it still needs mowing you filthy lot. We have only two systems below 40% this week. Barnard Star is recovering somewhat glacially from an infrastructure failure and he's still very low on 31% with Ross 671 slowly climbing to 39. In Barnard Star, two of the other factions, including 10th Fleet, are in an election for the second spot, so feel free to drop in and sway the election against them. Well done to those truckers who are already there, mandering those jerrys like they've never been mandered before. The outbreak in Epsilon Eridani was relieved earlier in the week and the system is slowly hauling itself up into the low 40s like a middle-aged used hauler salesman, disillusioned with his life and his endless diet of Arcturan pizza and conger ale. At the top end of the Systems League, we have six systems above 60% with three of those over 70. 
We are already in expansion, so no need for all the extra excitement. Although it would be nice not to expand from somewhere other than LP532-81 for a change. Just once. Meanwhile, in Colonia, the High Kazi of Colonia himself, Grand Emperor Hanky, asked that truckers work for hot coal in the election in Tyr against the Colonia Cooperative and run legal weapons missions and bounty hunting Eel Procol Centauri, where we have a minor terrorist problem. Priorities this week are, if you want to truck something, boost hot and influence in Barnard Star. If you want to shoot something, how about some nice stellar screenshots? It's time once more to set out into the unknown in the company of commanders who have taken the time and trouble to organise events for us all, the Elite Dangerous Community. As usual, links will be in Twitch chat and the description on, of your YouTube upload. Firstly, there are still a few days to take part in Psychic's Fill the Glass Race, which is a time trial to collect Lavian Brandy, Iran and Pearl Whiskey, Harmer Silver Sea Rum and Indie Bourbon, then deliver them to HIP 110248. Full details are in her forum post. I had a quick run round yesterday and nowhere near the quick times they're doing. <laughs> Commander Mephisto has taken time out of his busy life aboard Fleet Carrier Console, which is whisking its passengers in comparative luxury to each and every one of the 124 waypoints of the Cannon Challenge, to send us this wish you were here message. The comfy Cannon crews finally visited waypoint 61 through 63 after nearly two weeks of filling up with close to 10,000 units of tritium. At waypoint 61, two more kinds of peduncle pods could be examined, rufum and purpurium. The other waypoints featured shiny P-type anomalies, numbers 8, 9 and 14. Ice! Consu continues to travel through the northeastern quadrant of the Milky Way and will soon reach the middle waypoint number 65 of 129. Uh, so that'll be halfway then. Mission Liaison Commander Nicole Dyson has sent a final message from the Rook Platoon Explores the Land Down Under expedition, which went out of the southeastern corner of the galaxy as he reflects on what they learned. The formidable rift, a very unexplored region of space near the Poseidal Wall, where scarcely any commander has made it out alive, was our next notable waypoint. As it turns out, the spot wasn't as bad as previously thought because of a very large number of unsurveyed neutron stars. This should be a great help to anyone that finds themselves in the same region of the galaxy, for they can now know that they can make it through this void with relative ease, as to what was previously thought of Zibalba. This was the final waypoint of our journey before our carriers went back to our home system of Apotanities. The SWS High G Summer Slamdown 3307 Expedition launched on Sunday. 
but it's still not too late for people to sign up for the first long-range 66,000 light-years high-gravity body landing tour, compatible with both Odyssey and Horizons. Not only fun to be had, but prizes as well. Commander Richard Fluriani's M has sent us some notes of their early days. Aya! The expected expedition launched successfully and has been jumping to its many destinations quickly as people take screenshots and compete for one of the three completionist prizes. Recently, FDFCMs featured us in a stream and were inspired to do their own hygiene landing in one of our proposed system marathons that consisted of landing on a set of set amounts of planets. Currently, we are at 55 members and we are looking for more challenges and our little gravity experiments. The picture being shown is that of a historical POI, that's point of interest, revisited Algerona, Algerona featuring one of our fleet carriers, SWS Clown Hospital. FGS Glorious Wolf surveys the Monkey Head Nebula launches tomorrow, Friday, August 20th at 12 UTC. Just over a week-long adventure to mine, explore, make landfall on planets in and around the Monkey Head Nebula, Jellyfish, Crab Nebula and Rosnet Nebula. Basically a feast for Nebula lovers. Commander Wiener Warlock can't wait to get us properly excited and tell us that the expedition will be departing from the Flat Galaxy Society's home system of HR 2926 at 0100 UTC on 20th of August and returning on 30th of August. We'll be getting updates from them along the way, so Nebula files prepare to be satiated. It's the third Saturday of the month, so it's CQC Saturday, organised by Commander Venetia. Let's hope he remembers it's happening. <laughs> if you've always wanted to have a go at CQC, but didn't know where there would be like-minded truckers around, now's your chance. Come out for our monthly CQC event. This is great practice for people with no combat experience, as there is no way by. This event will take place at 1600 Eastern Standard Time, which is 2100 UK time. And that would be 2000 UTC. Last and the, and the only last, because this is how time works, is the Wild Wild West, which starts from Colonia on the 28th of August and Commander Enochid. Analog Kid, 1970, has unholstered <laughs> his report and he's shooting his mouth off. <laughs> oh, all right, no more Wild West troops, even if I am an old timer. The expedition started as a conversation between Eamon, Dan and myself about the two places we wanted to visit in-game, through our brew, FL-P, E5-0 for Dan and V1357 Signy for me. We took a handful of intrepid commanders aboard my carrier, the IPX Omega Concern, on a 10-week journey to scout for waypoints for the expedition. 
The significance of these two points is for Dan to pay homage to his co-pilot Toby, who had sadly passed away. www.torbyrest.com And for me to visit the in-game location of the Black Hole Cygnus X1 in homage to the band Rush, of whom I'm a fan. Further expedition details are on ADSM. And that's all we have this week from community-led events. If you want yours to be featured, just email itookpart at huttonorbital.com and we'll get in touch. The very definition of seamless, that was. Yes. 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 Well, apologies, everybody, for the late start. As I said, I was just going to say the the late, late, late show on Hutton Radio. Oh, yes, yes. This is late even for Hutton time at 8 30 ish. Oh, yeah. Right. Same day, luckily. Uh, No, a power cut um, afflicted me just as I was about to settle down and finish off little bits, get ready for for this evening. And so I had to sit in the dark for an hour and. So you yes. find some fifty pence pieces for the uh, for the meter. Yeah, for the meter. Um, Still shillings in Sean's house. Mm. Uh, this is. Oh yes. Oh yes. Half a so, half a crown for the meter. Yes. Yeah. So let, that's and that's enough about my um, <laughs> lack of power. This time it's literal <laughs> as as well as metaphorical. <laughs> so, <laughs> what's been happening this week? What's been happening today on the Frontier live stream? Uh, I saw two people on today. I'm not sure who it was that was on. Um, I think it was possibly Bruce and somebody else. Somebody might, else, yeah. Might have been Bruce and Zach, I think, actually, who were on doing a, a spot CQC tonight. So they were enjoying themselves. A lot, a lot of fun zapping around and getting shot and shooting at other people and blowing up and, you know, all good fun. All good, clean, healthy fun. Mm. So... Yeah, that's what I saw anyway. Yep. I don't know what happened in what happened in Tuesday. What was going on in Tuesday? Uh, it was their off week uh, from Super Q's news. Ah, okay. So it was the the in betweeny week, and they, yeah. it was some high G slam or something, which I I didn't. Oh, watch, the the yeah, but the, the, the one with the high G planets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I tried um, that. I tried that once in a beluga. Didn't end well. It was like nine point seven G planet. <laughs> Mm, yeah, I did that yeah. with an anaconda once somewhere near the southern rim of the galaxy. Um, so, yeah, so it was uh, Zach and Sally, uh, no major sort of news. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quite funny watching Sally extract the Michael from Zach's accent for about 10 minutes. That was uh, perhaps the funny bit. Um, uh, major is General. He, is he from somewhere humorous? Well, no, no. <laughs> he asks. He asks tentatively. Uh, no, it's... I don't know. Oh, OK. It's northern, so... Uh, well, you see northern. Well, yeah, I know. It's a, <laughs> it's, it's a, it's a region rather than a yeah. geographical uh, extremity. Yes. Um, so, yeah, Sally found it most, most humorous, his pronunciation of certain words. Interesting. It's um, nice to see them taking part in a community-led event as well, as as mentioned. Oh yeah, definitely. Earlier, yeah, it was yeah. In a very strange voice by somebody, somebody Scottish. It wasn't by somebody Scottish. How dare you? Yeah. How dare I, you indeed? Yeah. 
I think if 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 somebody can kindly just paste the uh, <coughs> link into the Twitch oh, chat. SWS High G Summer Slamdown Thirty Three Hundred Seven Expedition. That's the one, and it's, it's already it's already been in there because you'll find that you'll find that all went through during Norma's. Yes. Yeah. I thought Lots that. Like, well, I read that bit. Mm-hmm. So if if you want to watch the Hutton mention, which was uh, General. Uh, Nocti and uh, Cully, uh, the mini mugs. Uh, his charity mini mug drive got a mention. It's about twenty minutes in. If you want to watch, just watch that bit. Ah, oh, that was that was nice to see and hear. Um, there was some community stuff. There was a nice time lapse video from a from some chap called Giuseppe. I think is he from Scotland or Germany or somewhere. I had no idea. <laughs> of uh, Some shepherd moons, some nice time-lapse stuff in there. Oh, that's shepherd moons, that'll be, that'll be whales. Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Um, and two moons collide and lots of sort of tumbling asteroids. So that's that's worth a, a watch. It's probably Two moons days. enter, one moon leaves, that kind of thing. That, that kind of thing, <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, no, except two oh. moons enter, two moons leaves. No, it's, not, it's not quite as exciting. <laughs> two <laughs> moons, one orbit. <laughs> <laughs> So they'll probably post those to uh, Galbuck at some point during the week. Oh, they yeah. only do. And some Dallas screenshots and stuff, um, which I think were actually from last week. But, yeah, it was it was all right. It was worth a watch. And then I turned it off when they started playing the game, as usual. Because <laughs> you've seen that before. I want to play the game. I don't want to watch somebody else play the game. Yep, quite right. <laughs> okay, right. lovely. Um, um, I've... I've got one to put in. Here's, have you got before I before I do the the last one in the that's in the script there. Yes, anybody got anything else you want to stick in? I'm just going to mention that the um, yeah. David Jack David Jackman, who is commander of PBSF Ghost, uh, is doing a charity stream thing. It's a charity stream thingy as it's described yeah. on 24th and 25th of September. Um, so it's described as a 24 hour jobby. I've, I've yes. had one of those. It was, yeah. It was, yeah. Um, so it's going to be like a 24 hour charity stream he's doing in aid of the hospice that cared for, cared for his wife in her last few days. Um, so Sean's got a picture there and there should be a link in it. Yeah, the chat a, as well. I've, I've posted uh, not only a link, but also um, a list of all of the things he's doing hour by hour. Um, oh, excellent! And because he's of the way Twitch, the channel. yes, because yes, because of the way that Twitch. Have you that spammed Twitch the channel, Sean? Yes, I have. I don't have myself set on slow p- oh, <laughs> on this point. Oh, God's no, sake! Of the stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Shocking. Yeah. It's all in there. It's all in there. And I'll yeah, and again, good. I'll stick, I mean, got, I'll stick that in the description. On, so. Yeah, it'll be yeah, in the YouTube description. There, I can see three hours right at the end. Four p.m. to seven p.m. is elite. Uh, what is that pub goo? I can't read that. Uh, he's doing Microsoft Flight Sam as well. Sea of Thieves. I've played all of these games. Uh, 9 a.m. to breakfast chat. So I'm assuming that's um, stop playing games, have a bit of brekkie, a wee cup of coffee, maybe a plate of cornflakes, uh, spot a toast, and, and a bit of a, a bit of a chat to everybody in the in the uh, chat window, which would be nice. Mm. I've done that before. Uh, Commander Rampage and I do think do that. At, um, Leavecon, a virtual Leavecon. Is we have a wee Zoom meeting and a cup of coffee in the mornings and talk about the things that are happening. <laughs> so it's it's a good thing. It's actually quite nice just to tune in for the just chatting breakfast chat part of the, the steam. <laughs> so yeah, that's all good fun. What is he doing in the wee small hours? Oh, international tennis. Quest chatting in VR. Oof. Mm-hmm. Oculus Quest chatting. He's got 
I'm Call wrestling. Duty one. There's one for you, Chicks. A plate of cornflakes. How do you eat a plate of cornflakes? Very well, carefully. With yeah, very carefully. <laughs> Just, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Chopsticks. Stop packing up. Yeah, chopsticks. How do you eat it with a fork? Um, so, yeah, he's got a lot of different games going on. Oh, cricket. There's cricket for cricket people. England versus West Indians. Fantastic. I'm sorry, um, but when someone mentions cricket, I have to say aardvark. Yeah, thank you. No. <laughs> I, I also am genetically indisposed to speaking about cricket. <laughs> so, hard limit, hard limit, aardvark. Yeah. Aardvark, okay. aardvark. So, yes, but just to reiterate that this is 25-hour stream to raise money for a hospice. For a hospice, so that, yes. Yeah, and, and, a hosp- and a hospice that cared for his wife when yeah, she was out. So, all hospices yeah. do, do really good work. They're almost entirely staffed by lovely people. Which is why none yeah. of us are there. <laughs> and when you're, when you know, when they've looked after someone for you and things like that, and you've got to know the people in there, you kind of kind of want to do something to help them out. So yeah, it's it's a good cause, you know. It's a, a worthwhile yeah. twenty four hours. Mm. Apart from the cricket. Yeah. Apart from yeah, I think I think since it's my well, it's not my fault. We're late. It's it's due <clears> to me. We're late, but not my fault. I, I, of course it's I, your fault. I did say my electricity bill. Where you with your backup generator? Fool, <laughs> <laughs> you say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's plough on. What? Oh, you mean it's time for us to... <laughs> you interrupted saying it to get him to say it. Yeah, I know, I noticed that too. <clears throat> anyway, now it's Shocking. time. <laughs> Shut up. Now it's time for Absolutely some terrible. down to yeah. the nitty-gritty of the evening now. I can see that they got the dry ice machine started, yes. And the Vaseline ready uh, for the lens. It's for the lens. Yeah, yes. Where are they putting the lens? Ready for the entrance of the pilot, Pilots Federation's favourite pilot. Gentle persons, please be upstanding. No, Harry, you know that's not what I meant. And you, apology officer, stand <laughs> yeah. up. I am standing what? up. This no. is what I'm this is me standing no, up. I'll have to take your word for that. Everybody, are you ready for the dulcet tones of Flossie? It's Flossie. It's Flossie. It's Flossie, it's Flossie, and the community goals. Hello, Flossie here with this, this week's Community Goals news. First, last week's CGs. Ended in victory for the Marlinist Assembly of Baltashine despite only reaching Tier 1, with over 25.5 billion credits earned during the final few hours. Their opponents, the Malinism Reformation Party, hardly made any progress at all with just over 1.3 billion credits earned. And this was only slightly more than some of the top 10 commanders of the winning CG made in their own right. This week's new CGs support Torvo Masterpolo's or Reconstruction Mining Campaign. 
Torval, Masterpolo Mining and Reconstruction have requested deliveries of mined materials to the LTT-198 system. LTT-198 State Limited, its controlling faction, will only allow one of the rival corporations to remain permanently. The company with the most successful campaign will establish a new starport in a permit-controlled system. Senator Zemina Torval, who has sole control of Master Polo's mining subsidiary, announced, My company is working on an experimental mining laser with increased range. To achieve this, shipments of coltan, gallite, praseodymium and silver must be delivered in sufficient numbers to the megaship Pride of Bitterwood in LTT-198. If Tier 1 is reached, the top 10 participants will receive a fully engineered Class 1 Rating D mining laser with long range. The module will be placed in storage at the Pride of Bitterwood in EGM 559 by Friday 27th of August 3307. Should Torval Polis mining be victorious, the top 75% of participants will also receive the module along with permanent permit access to LTT-198. Emmerich Cornick, CEO of Recon Construction, outlined his company's initiative. We will pay handsomely for deliveries of Colton, Gallite, Praseodymium and Silver to the megaship Tobias's gifts in the LTT-198 system. If Tier 1 is reached, the top 10% of participants will receive a fully engineered Class 1 Rating D abrasion blaster with long range. The module will be placed in storage at Tobias's gift in AGM 559 by Friday the 27th of August. Should Recon Construction be victorious, the top 75% of participants will receive the module along with a permanent permit access to LTT-198. LTT-198 State Limited will provide all contributors to these initiatives with temporary system permits lasting one week. The two factions have set out seven-day campaigns, which will end early on Thursday the 26th of August, 33.07. If one faction meets its objectives earlier than planned, the initiatives will end immediately. To be eligible for rewards, you must sign up as an active participant before handing in Colton, Gallite, Praseodymium and Silver to the megaship Pride of Bitterwood or Tobias's gift in the LTT-198 system. Please note that these commodities must be mined rather than purchased to count towards your personal contribution total. And that's it for this week's CCGGCG News. Flossie told you what to do. Thank you so much, Flossie. I'm sure this fog will clear soon. But since this week's lecture from Commander's Beetlejuice and Wotherspoon is audio only, we can sit back, close our eyes, and imagine what they were doing when they recorded this. The mics are clear.
Galnet News Digest, 19th of August, 3307. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, bright ideas. War is over, white is dead. The self-assembly panther clipper. Bright ideas. The galaxy is full Brightness and darkness. There are countless intensities, unimaginable numbers of photons whizzing about, not taking proper care and attention and banging into things. Just occasionally, the things they bang into are eyeballs, and therein lies a problem. On an Earth like planet, such as Earth, the range of brightness goes from none to actually that's quite bright. But in space, the levels of brightness go from really none to a level of brightness that you can't describe mainly because your retina eyeballs and the rest of your body have been instantly burned to a smouldering radioactive heap of chemicals by the unimaginable intensity of light colonia is one such place visit colonia and die a very short and agonizing death as the travel posters don't say and that's because you don't die well, you don't die unless you do something inadvisable, such as visiting Robidin's Rock or that 11G planet explorers get nightmares about. The Pilots' Federation has partnered with ship manufacturers to deliver cockpit windshields that instantly and automatically adjust to the level of light outside so that everything looks pretty and doesn't actually kill you just because you looked at it. However... We have a problem. Some commanders using the Odyssey landing system have been reporting that their windshields have been making this view dazzlingly bright or too dark to see. And the Pilots' Federation isn't quite sure what's going wrong, so it has asked commanders to write in, enclosing holiday snaps of their least favourite lighting conditions so the problem can be properly assessed and adjustments to the automatic windshields can be made. The Pilots' Federation regrets that replacement retinas will not be issued, but it will do its best to make sure that future retinas don't suffer the same fate. Of course, if only those pesky photons would just calm down and stop bumping into things, we wouldn't have a problem. Who invented this galaxy and where do we complain? War is over, white is dead. Marlinist minister Octavio Volkov has declared victory in the war over the political wing of the NMLA, the Marlinism Reformation Party. Announcing the victory, she said she had no regrets about crushing the terrorist sympathisers living in the Marlinist colonies, despite the conflict that was unfortunately necessary. She also announced that the entire leadership of the NMLA-aligned faction has been detained, with the exception of Minister Aaron White, who died in the fight to arrest him. Volkov described White as a casualty of a war started by his friends in the NMLA. The victory was gained by only the narrowest of margins, with expectations high that insufficient combat resources would be mustered. But the Marlinist assembly of Baltasine managed to scrape across the line just in time, and the consequences are likely to be far-reaching. 
The Marlinism Reformation Party will be led by a new moderate leadership that is more in keeping with the values of the majority of citizens of the Marlinist colonies. The affiliated counter-terrorism unit, known as ACT, will be investigating the MRP's links with the NMLA, and particularly with their bomb-making Theta group. Prime Consul Coyote Tao has announced that this extremely marginal victory should demonstrate to the superpowers that the Marlinist colonies are steadfast allies in the fight against the NMLA. And Acting First Minister Amrita Ross has organised an election to be held almost immediately to replace Jenna Fairfax, who was killed in the 29th of July Starport bombings. The announcement of the new democratically elected First Minister is expected within days. The self-assembly panther clipper. Sources close to the Pilots' Federation are reported to have let slip that the long-awaited panther clipper will become available to buy, perhaps sooner than we thought. But there's a catch. The Zorgon Peterson behemoth, a much larger freighter than the Lacon Type 9 Heavy, will be capable of transporting far more cargo than any ship currently flying. It has been in development for many years, and although blueprints have been leaked, there has never been any confirmation that the Panther Clipper will ever see the light of day. There is also a superstition that whenever you say the words Panther Clipper, its release date is automatically put back by a month. This, of course, is nonsense, as we will not demonstrate Panther Clipper, Panther Clipper, Panther Clipper. There we are. It didn't move the release date at all, did it? <laughs> anyway, on to new information. On Tuesday, a Lego-obsessed spokesperson for the Pilots' Federation by the name of Zachary revealed that he is so excited about these tiny engineering bricks that he has arranged with Zorgon for their supersized transport to be made available as a self-assembly kit. Coming in 750 million bags full of tiny plastic bricks, the 2.5 billion parts of the Panther Clipper will require seven Type 9 trips to deliver to their proud new owner. Also required will be a crane and a crane operator to turn over the pages of the instruction manual, which has 200 million pages, each the size of a football field. The ship has immense levels of detail in its one-to-one -one equivalence with itself. The landing gear really does go up and down, although you'll need to clip together the engines and get the ship off the ground before you can properly test them. The Lego thrusters work using hydrogen fuel and have special hardened bricks to handle the quite high temperatures of a rocket exhaust. The ship even comes with a hollow me minifigure that you can put in the co-pilot seat to keep you company. Initial estimates are that assembling a complete Panther Clipper will take a team of 20 hard-working commanders about 400 years, so there's no time to lose. Zack is sure that there's plenty of commanders out there who just can't wait to get Panther Clipping. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news and make some of it up as well, so you don't have to. Thank you, Commanders Beetlejuice and Wotherspoon. 
We move now from a section that makes sense of the news to one where you'll be hard to put to find where you'll be hard put to find which galaxy is being referenced. But it's fun though. Welcome to the Hutton Sports Report. The Hutton Sports Report is sponsored by the Hutton Helper, the only third-party resource to come with a Metal Mickey-style robot to blunder around in the back of your ship with hilarious consequences. This week we have the following events. The Voyager, pootling around exploring the galaxy at your own pace, Cup. The Robbie the Robot, would 60 gallons of bio-waste be sufficient? Champion of Champions Championships. The Can You Remove Someone's Appendix Using Only Bobbin Madge the Scutters Pro Celebrity Tournament. The Dead or Alive You're Coming With Me Actually Dead Would Be Easier Charity Shield. The Sir Kills-A-Lot Spear Up Your Robojaxi Robot Workup Made From Bits Of Old Mark III Cortina. The Yep Johnny Cab Is A Thing Now Good Luck Sucker People's Choice Award. So, no cross wires. Double points if you know the words to Daisy Daisy and doing the robot dance will get you disqualified because it's, well, racist or something. The classified results are Darth Spinner, 26. Lydia of the Void, 24. Light 027, 265. Montgomery Python, 142. Little Biggin, 286. LDSK 145 M Grey 83 Attic 60 Iron Beagle 320 The Original Bastard 275 Space Oddity 67 Zane Zob Krell 150 Clack McCudden 2 Strathpey Thistle 3 Caledonia Braves, 1 Linlithgow Rose, 3 Wolf 359 Wanderers, 2 Haghole Caledonia Thistle, 2 Dynamo LP525-39, 1 Alioth Alliance, 2 The decal this week for Darth Spither Please email itookpart at huttonorbital.com and arrange to collect your hunting decal kit, which this week consists of a big bag of colour-coordinated fruit parcels you can lick and stick to your ship in a vaguely huttony shape. We have only one hutton run this week, and it's from Darth Spider again, who submitted a time of 1 hour, 25 minutes and 4 seconds. That's 2 minutes, 44 seconds off the record, and puts them in 229th place overall. Are you waiting for your space Roomba to recharge? Have you had to ask your wife or partner or significant other or an obliging neighbour to shout, I'm sorry, I don't know that, down a Pringles tube because you can't afford an Amazon Echo Dot? Oh, so you've woken up? Have you? Well, I've been asking the time from Alexa for no, with no success for a month now, but suddenly she's awake and ready to answer questions. Anyway, don't sit around waiting for someone to come up with Commode Bot. Just that that's just asking for a robot revolt. Instead, why not go out into the galaxy and do wonderful things for Hutton? Like buying stuff and selling stuff and 
shooting stuff and uh, scanning stuff. But before you do that, why not take a moment to go to hot.fallamug.com and download or sign up for the Hutton Helper. The Cubicle 3 cleanup team and their bog bots, thank you. Let's face it, anything has to be better than having a restraining bolt rammed into your delicate circuitry when you least expect it. Well, that's it for this week. Back to Studio 5. Thank you, Mia. I think I've guessed this week's theme before Litho Breaker. Uh, oh, no, wait. No, no, that was the old style show. Oh, now I'm embarrassed. Um, uh, I better vacate this seat so there's room for Amelia to bring us the Galnet Rares Digest. Um, sorry about it being so warm, Amelia. Good evening. This is Amelia Hawke reporting for the Galnet Rares Digest. We try all the galaxy's rarest and most dangerous commodities. So you don't have to. The sound of wind. Howling through the undergrowth, rustling leaves, or just silently wafting around on a summer's day. It can be dangerous or exciting or calming or sometimes just good enough to fly a kite. Harnessing the power of nature is one of humanity's more enjoyable pastimes, and the residents of Adpontes in the 39 Tari system have elevated this into an aesthetic art that's, ex that's acknowledged throughout the galaxy. For millennia, ever since they could hang a few pieces of bamboo or hollowed sticks up by a few strands of woven animal hair or some bendy pieces of bark, the inhabitants and scions of planet Earth have used wind to make pleasant noises. The gentle tapping together of sticks in a breeze, or the tinkling of some metal tubes chiming against one another in a passing gust, have been known to bring a little peace. Or for those that prefer the sound of nature, destroy the peace. To any garden. The finest of these have become part of religious, pseudo-religious and hippie ceremonies, with the chimes tuned accurately to perfect notes. But in general, they make the wind a little bit more hippie. The Tauri chimes have taken this one step further. Engineered tubes made from a variety of materials all fitted with an internal soft clapper that isn't entirely unlike the human uvula from the back of the throat. They have brought something new and entirely special to the world of wind-powered music. A Tauri chime is tuned to a certain highly secret but very effective frequency that have been proven to actually have an effect on the human brain. The signals sent from the inner ear to your grey matter are at a frequency that can have a profound effect. The most common of these are the towery calm chimes, designed to elicit feelings of inner peace and tranquility in the listener. This was used to a great effect on the seminal album Tubular Chimes from the 3100s, a favourite in many a student's hall of residence or midsummer party around campfires. The chimes themselves can be designed to whisper or sing, and many a listener has said that due to their unique composition, the chimes almost appear to be speaking to the listener, words not quite understood but familiar. Vocal sounds as if echoes from the big band were using the chimes to have a nice chat with whomever was 
sitting in the gentle breeze. The Torrens make a few special varieties of the chimes, though. The James Earl Tones that installed over the seat of the Imperial Power is a hundred feet high, dangling from a lofty tower in the capital. It's so large and so heavy that nothing has ever caused it to chime properly, though the rush of air from a passing ship or weather front has been said to talk to the local population, bringing a sense of enormous well-being and superiority over everyone. It's rumoured, though, that should it chime properly, it would render everyone in Senate within a 10-mile radius. Rubbed up the wrong way, an Imperial Tauri can even make everyone who hears it randier than your pet mama's bog spaniel in the mating season, said to be the origin of the phrase going like the clappers. This leads me on to the other property of the Tauri chime. Hard to make as they are perfectionists, but perfectionists for a good reason. Due to the tuning of the human ear and brain, a bad Tauri chime can have an entirely different and wrong effect. Jarring dissonance from one can cause outbreaks of anger, violence, uncontrollable crying, incontinence, and even vac vacant drooling and zombification. There was a fad around 200 years ago for a music style called urban chime around the galaxy. Rappers would fast fire their furious lyrics into a microphone whilst an accomplice would randomly whack their towery, causing the listener to experience alternate bouts of anger, ecstasy, and then a tendency to go out and buy a firearm with the express pur purpose of looking mean in it. Very gangster. Some pirate outposts still use these methods today, and as you approach, they broadcast urban chime sounds to approaching ships, which sounds like moaning, growling, groaning, and uh, generally scary things to inspire fear in the approaching vessels. So, never buy a knockoff towery chime. It will just make you angry. Never hang up a broken chime. You'll likely enrage the local wildlife and they'll storm your veranda and attempt to eat you or fornicate with you. Um, or maybe both. And whatever you do, be careful with them. If there's a storm brewing, then cover your clapper and wrap your chime in something that stops it sounding. If you drop one, don't reach out to catch it. Just stick your fingers in your ears immediately. I'm Amelia Hawke, seamlessly reporting for the Galnet <laughs> News Digest. I've just stood up and whacked my head on one of my Tory chimes. I've got an uncontrollable urge to smash stuff now and I'm off to discombobulate something with extreme prejudice so you don't have to. Whether it's the dissonance causing that or the huge lump on my head, no one will ever know. Ow. Ah, you can't beat a soft clapper, can you? Uh, dude, <laughs> dude, all you had to do was push the button. I did push the button. The, uh, my unfortunate, the unfortunate problem was I was setting that button up when I lost the power. So I've just checked mm. and the button has nothing behind it at the moment. Yes. So, Seamless. Oh, yes. Dear. Seamless. So, what was yeah. the silent sound effect? What was it? What was it? 
I'm trying to find um, me banging my head on. Oh, the you banging your head off, like yeah. yeah, yeah. It's funny watching it disappear from the script. Just to, <laughs> to, to, our, to our dear listeners, there was meant to be a sound effect there of me banging my head. So if you can imagine it when you're doing, you know, the rerun of this the, show, it'll be there in the edit. Don't worry. I'll be in the edit. Yeah, it'll be in the edit. Well, yes, be in the edit. Do you know you'd it. be better off just listening to get, the edit? <laughs> we should get T-shirts that say that for the next yeah, LaveCon. It'll be in the edit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be right in the edit. Yeah. Yes. It's Dennis Norden. You're all right in the night. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Yeah, that's there we are. I've got it. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> if you Great. Better late than never, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking I don't know. while you've been talking. You want to in this case, I think it's prob- in this case, I think it's probably never better never than late. <laughs> it's tr- possibly. <laughs> well, it was. It was <laughs> no. Yes. Yes. Just before the power went down, I suddenly noticed there was a sound effect in the, in the script, and I, I hadn't um, known that was coming. So, I frantically trying to search that out, and then oh, it went. <clears throat> All right. Yes. <laughs> never mind. Oh, we got there in the end. Yes, we yes. did. We did. And actually, it's I only know. 15 minutes after we were I was just thinking that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> saying, I'm Not saying nothing we, at this point. Not we'll we rushed through it or anything. No, quite. Well, we, uh, I, we apologise again to the listener for our inadvertent mm. late start. And um, cutting into their boozing time. Yes. Well, it didn't cut into yours, did it? <laughs> yes, Rex, that was me. It was definitely a face palm. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, oh, and that, imagine that we've just spent 15 minutes talking about the rare as well. Okay, that's the yes, important thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. very important. And tings and things like that, and noises and. Yeah, and just, just basically just imagine this whole thing went without a hitch. And everything that you thought would happen happened, and it happened when you thought it was, it was going to happen. But let's face it, when you listen to this radio show, you have to have a good imagination. Yeah. And that I say bowl of conflicts. Mm. Ball With a of conflicts. Yeah, because people get really upset about a plate of conflicts. Mm. In cornflakes. Yeah. For blondflakes myself. Mm. I, I'm in Glasgow, so when I talk about a plate of conflicts, what I actually mean is conflict cakes. Mm. <laughs> well, um, I so- Go on. I just yeah, noticed that exactly it, my feelings too. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I just also yeah. noticed that it, it says Gullnet News Digest in the script and not Gullnet oh, Rares Digest. How <laughs> dare you? Do, that's, <laughs> you do that? That, that, that's not me. That's Fantia. That is that's Fantia not oh. being able to move on. He's never Amelia, been able to. Well, he, to your, he doesn't think we mess up enough. He's yeah. going to no. do things like this. Amelia, if you just go to your trailer, I'll bring it's you a latte and we'll sort it out in the edit. All yeah. right. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> same same. Time next week? No, early. Uh, probably half an hour earlier. Half an hour earlier with any luck yeah. next week. Three, three yeah. Next Thursday afternoon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So you were having a small nuclear power station <laughs> installed in your garden this week? So the same. Well, uh, uh, I think it's... Doesn't reoccur? I can't remember whose turn it is next week. Mm. It's, it's probably <clears throat> Dave's, probably David, but... Well, uh, um, Vanta has been been absent. He's um, been doing family things today. So, hmm. so family comes first. Yes. Family comes first. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm just quickly looking at calling up my calendar. And oh, it's Norm next week. I was thinking so, if, so if it's the, the audience. Pass a cock up next week. 
I wonder if there's anyone out there who can tell the difference between uh, the radio hosts by how they mess up. Yeah, oh yeah. Be, <laughs> no, I mean, everybody <laughs> has their own signature. But we all have our own different templates. The, you know, Norm has his with a rotating thing in there. I've got mm. stuff before the show that just goes, oh crap, it's time to start. You know, it's... it's okay. <laughs> 25 past eight. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite. Yeah. Uh, oh, Typing the script at eight o'clock. Yeah. 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 Commander Deadmead is asking if the theme was boobs. Yes. Mm. Yes, it was. Yes. Yes, Deadmead yes. is always boobs. It is always yes. boobs or boob. Mm. No. Okay, well, I think we're coming close to Aardvark time, boys and girls, aren't you? Yeah, let's go before something <clears> else happens. I'm far too late for that. <laughs> uh, okay, well, thank you much, very much, everybody. Thank you to the crew. We've been very, been very, um, you're, you've been very um, patient. We have been very, um, yeah. You've been definitely. very, um, yes, very patient. So um, <laughs> I think it merely... Hang on, hang on, let me get my earphones. Go. We <laughs> merely have to say, <laughs> Amelia... For the mug. 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 Gonna take the cargo where it's needed today. Super cruising all across the Milky Way. We're taking anything, anytime, anywhere. Loading all the teen out to the brim with the rest for the more. For the more, for the more, for the more. Yeah, you know just where we're coming from. For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more. Yeah, everybody sing the trucker song. Flossy always seems to crash into the sun. Skibbleized the pilot on the Xbox One. Helping out the free, you know who leads us well Truck across the galaxy, now everybody yeah For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more Yeah, you know just where we're coming from For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more Everybody sing the and truck a song for the more, for the more, you know just where we're coming from. For the more, for the more, for the more, for the more. Everybody sing the and truck a song.
give me a large pipe that I can line on And I'll give you cargo and sing you my song No point twenty-two light years to go Cruising to what? Too long, the cargo too small. The profit margins never really mattered at all. We're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today. Super cruising all across the Milky Way. We're taking anything, anytime, anywhere. So shout it out loud, like you don't even care for the moth. Just where we're coming from For the more For the more Everybody sing the Intricate song For the more For the more Yeah you know Just where we're coming from For the more For the more Everybody sing the Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the show. Everybody's buggered off now, so why don't you bugger off too? And whatever you do, be careful with them. If there's a storm brewing, then cover your clapper and wrap your chime in something that stops it sounding. If you drop one, don't reach out to catch it, just stick your fingers in your ears immediately. I'm Amelia Hawke, seamlessly reporting for the Galnet <laughs> News Digest. <laughs> and I've just stood up and whacked my head on one of my Tory chimes. I've got an uncontrollable urge to... <clears throat> technical, technical. Uh, we had technical difficulties there, everyone. I'm just having to restart something. Must be something to do with losing seamless. power. Yes, it's completely <laughs> seamless. Nobody can see any problems whatsoever. I am sure there have not been any issues. Nobody's going to see anything. And if I do this... It'll all be fine in the edit. It will be. Yeah. That'll be good because uh, my microphone was not seamless. working whatsoever. So that's pretty good. Here we go. Shall I? Oh, I'll try looking at the script as well because that would be useful, won't it? It was a very um, timely failure, I thought. Yeah, I thought. I've been frantically trying to fix it during that last article. Mm. Right, makes here the, we go. Makes the edit easy. Mm. Here, Norm, put it back in at this point. The Pilots' Federation song. Yeah!